Yeah, it's sports talk from the three bros. Something you can bet on like Pete Rose. And you better not miss it like some free throws. Giving taste is more accurate than Drew Brees throws. And it might get explosive like some C4. We just giving you a look inside the peephole. So if you got a weak take, you better keep those. Or get your cheeks swole when you step into the ring with the Amiibros. What's up, what's up, what's up? It's your boy 85 from the Amiibos Podcast with my 85 weekend picks coming in for the weekend. Guys, stay tuned for the picks coming up after I get into a couple topics. Your boy is hot as fish grease right now. 12 out of 13 games against the spread the last four weeks. So guys, be prepared. I got some games that I think are locks to cover the spread. College football have been on fire. Pro football, not as much. So I'm going to stick to the college on the podcast as I've been doing. So let's get into it. First and foremost, Lamar Jackson is playing Madden right now. I'm not sure if you guys have paid attention, but that game he played versus the Rams last week, first and foremost, I'm extremely happy that I decided to take him. And even though he gave up three and a half points, I went huge on it because the Rams are terrible. I've been calling Jared Goff, Jared Goffel, for at least two years. And uh, he showed up again, another two interceptions. Guys, just think about this. If I give your quarterback a nickname... Just bail. Go ahead and bail. I called Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan Leaf for about the last six years. He had one outlier season with, with Kyle Shanahan, and every quarterback looks great with Kyle Shanahan. What has he been? A disappointment. I called Mitchell Trubisky, Missum Trubolinski. Uh, what has he been? I called Jared Goff, Jared Goffle. How has he been? He's been terrible. So, uh, on another note, get off of those quarterbacks as quickly as you possibly can. If it's a stock, sell all your stock and uh I don't know, invest in the Me Bros podcast. But let's get back to Lamar Jackson. Six drives, six touchdowns. I mean, right now he is playing as about as well at that position as anybody has ever played at a sustained level. Now, do I think this is sustainable? Not really. Um, I think Lamar is a, tr- a tremendous talent. Um, I compare this to Vic um, and the stretch he had when he got back um, with the Eagles. Uh, where he had the virtuoso Monday Night Football performance where he had six touchdowns, four rushing, two passing, and he finished second in MVP that year because he didn't do that for the entire season like Lamar has done. But, I mean, if Lamar Jackson can throw the ball as accurately as he's been throwing it the last few weeks, and uh, true, that their offensive line has been able to give him a tremendous amount of protection, but he's thrown some, some passes against the Blitz where he's read the defense extremely well, throwing the ball. If he's able to do that for a long period of time, I mean, you're going to be talking about one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Um, I am interested to see how he does versus the 49ers this week, a team where the pass rush can get to him, where they have a front line where they should be able to at least dictate a little bit their ability to run the ball and force him to be more of a pocket passer or more of a runner with the football as opposed to just handing it out to Big Trust, a.k.a. Mark Ingram with his 130 yards he had last week, uh, and Edwards, Gus Edwards, who's who's running the ball extremely well. So I'm interested to see what that looks like. But what I can say is, I was wrong on Lamar Jackson. I thought Lamar Jackson was uh, good enough to be a solid starting franchise quarterback. I thought he was going to be a a more athletic version of Tyrod Taylor. Um, I obviously was wrong. He has proven me wrong with that. And I'm interested to see how they do in the playoffs. I'll tell you one thing that Dabo Swinney said. And uh, you guys know know I went to Clemson, uh, ended up graduating from A&T. But I obviously went to Clemson, a big fan of the football team. And Dabo says, and at the beginning of the year on the podcast, I told you, early year, don't bet Clemson against the spread. They usually don't cover early. 
Um, if you look at it, Clemson has covered the spread in nine out of 11 games this season. The two games they didn't cover were two of the first four weeks of the season. Uh, they didn't cover versus UNC when they won by one point. They didn't cover versus Texas A&M, which was a nonsense because they were covering up until six seconds to go in the game where they scored a touchdown versus the third string defense. But Dabo Swinney at the first uh, announcement of the first playoff committee when we finished fifth uh, behind Penn State, and he said, I don't get what they're looking at. Uh, our, our team right now is playing better than last year's team was at this point. But he said, you know, you show me a team that peaks in September and October, and I will show you a team that likely isn't peaking in December and January. I think the same is true. I think there is a certain amount of perfection you can have. There's nobody that's, that, that's going – Lamar is not going to go out there like they've done the last three weeks where they punted the ball twice the last three weeks, and both of those two punts came on drives where RG3 was the quarterback. That's not sustainable over time. But what I can say over time is, even if he plays at 75% of what he's been doing recently, that is good enough to win a Super Bowl. That is good enough to be an MVP candidate. That is good enough to be the front runner for the MVP right now. So shouts out to the Ravens. And shout out to Ozzie Newsom, who uh, not only was a Hall of Fame tight end in his career, Hall of Fame player, but he's likely going to make the Hall of Fame as an executive. I mean, the first two picks of the Ravens franchise uh, when they moved to Baltimore, uh, Jonathan Ogden, arguably the best left tackle of all time. And then on the other, the next pick in the first round, Ray Lewis, arguably the greatest linebacker of all time. So, not linebacker. Ogden's the, 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 one of the greatest middle linebackers. I mean, nobody's going to take out LT. Uh, but with that being said, let's get into my second topic. Anthony Davis scored 41 points yesterday versus the Pelicans, and I was extremely impressed. And I know what you're thinking. Uh, I mean, they, they barely won the game. And I wasn't impressed necessarily with just the fact that Anthony Davis was able to get you 41 points. I was impressed that the Lakers were able to sacrifice the entire first three quarters of the game to get Anthony Davis as many touches as they needed. And then after that, they were able to just go back to playing the style of basketball that's gotten them to 16-2, and two, and they were able to run away with the game. Look, first three quarters, every time down the court, they threw the ball in the post to Anthony Davis and just let him go to work. And he took a ton of shots. First half, he was 10 of 19 from the field. He got an average 19 field goal attempts for the season for a game. He had 19 attempts in the first half. And LeBron James, who had it going, was 5 of 7 in the first half, but he only had 7 attempts. Nobody besides LeBron had over 4 field goal attempts, and the reason was because they kept, they kept feeding the beast. They said, Anthony Davis, you're back in New Orleans first time. Let's get you involved. Let's get you going. And he got the ball moving uh, as far as getting the ball in the basket. He had 27 in the first half, um, which is why I bet him. Over 26 and a half points for the game. I thought that was a no-brainer. He had 27 in the first half, so that was an easy cover. Um, but what I was impressed by was when Anthony Davis got a little banged up, and I thought that helped because then I allowed the Lakers to get back into their normal offense. They were able to erase a 13-point deficit to be able to get right back into the game and then to be able to close the game out with LeBron hitting threes, Anthony Davis hitting free throws, then being able to get a defensive stop at the end of the game and to force the Pelicans into making turnovers and mistakes, which have led them to a 6-12 record on the season. And the same has forced the Lakers into the number one spot in the entire league at 16-2. This is the best start to a season LeBron has ever had in his career. Uh, and that says a lot because LeBron's won 66 games in, in a season before. Um, I mean, he's had a season with the, the Heat where he won 26 straight games at one point. They're on a nine-game winning streak. That was the end of their four-game road streak, uh, road trip, and they went 4-0. Um, I don't think there's any stopping the Lakers. Everybody's really high on the Clippers, and I'm impressed with the Clippers. But one of the things I can tell you about the Clippers is this. 
They're going to have a tough first round. They're going to have a tough second round because they're not going to win that many games because back-to-backs, Kawhi clearly is not going to play, and they're going to lose some games due to that. And, you know, as much as everybody wants to say, oh, yeah, well, LeBron was making the finals because he was playing in the East. One of the toughest things about playing in the West this year, there are five really good teams. And one of those matchups is going to be versus one of those teams in the 4-5 matchup. You're either going to be playing the Rockets or the Jazz or, I mean, you're going to have one, the Clippers the, and the Lakers aren't going to be in that spot. Um, and, and you're going to have to deal with one of those teams in that spot. Um, so I, I fully expect the uh, the Clippers to have some struggles earlier in the playoffs because they're going to have to get fatigued playing some good teams. Dallas is playing playing extremely well as well in the Western Conference. Clippers did dismantle, dismantle them, but... Uh, I saw that game as a game where the Mavericks could not hit an open three to save their lives. Luka Doncic clearly was off. He was missing a couple of layups with nobody around him. Um, I don't expect that to continue if they played again. So let's get into the picks. I know, I know, I know I mentioned earlier I've been as hot as fish grease, and I don't expect that to change. So let's get into a few of the picks for the weekend. First game. This is a Friday game. Be prepared. Virginia Tech minus two and a half points. Look, shout out to Hendon Hooker from Dudley High School out of Greensboro, North Carolina. Uh, he almost he entered the transfer portal last year. The talk was that he was going to go to my alma mater, North Carolina A&T, where his father actually played football. But he stayed at Virginia Tech, and lucky for Virginia Tech because since he started at quarterback, Virginia Tech is undefeated in all the games he started. They lost a close game to Notre Dame in a game he didn't start, and I think he would have won the game if he did. Uh, last weekend, I told you guys I thought the game you should bet uh, was Virginia Tech over Georgia Tech. Actually, I didn't mention that in this podcast. I mentioned in the other one. Virginia Tech destroyed Georgia Tech that game. They're playing Virginia. They're getting are they giving two and a half points. Virginia's also eight and three, but I don't believe in Virginia. I saw Virginia struggle a little bit last weekend versus Liberty. They covered the spread, but Liberty moved the ball up and down the field. And this is Bud Foster's last season at Virginia Tech. I think they're going to finish the year extremely strong until they run into that buzzsaw known as the Clemson Tigers in the ACC championship game. I got Virginia Tech winning the game by at least a touchdown. If I only have to give up two and a half points, I think that's a no-brainer. Next, Memphis is playing good football, but they're playing another 10-1 team in Cincinnati. And they're getting, Cincinnati's getting 11 and a half points. Look, has Cincinnati played a lot of close games? Yes, they have. Did they look great last weekend versus Temple? No, they didn't. They got up a lot, and then Temple was able to get it close, give themselves a chance to actually win the game. But 11 and a half points? Give me Cincinnati. Um, I, I will take those points. I think Memphis probably will win. The game is at Memphis. But Memphis's defense is trash juice. I watched them play SMU, and uh, they gave up a gazillion points. Um, Cincinnati will be able to score. They will keep that game at least uh, within a 10-point game. Next, this is my upset pick of the weekend. <sighs> swallow, swallow this. Be, be prepared. Take Michigan against against. They're, they're playing Ohio State. Take money line. Michigan, money line versus Ohio State. I know you probably think that's nuts. I don't. I don't think it's nuts. Michigan has played extremely well recently. Since the second half of the Penn State game, where they dominated the entire second half of that game, 
They have been on a roll. If you look at it, Shea Patterson has been balling. Uh, last weekend, they played Indiana, a team that nearly beat Penn State the previous week, and they blew them off the field. Uh, right now, the spread is nine points. Uh, so if you want to be conservative, you know, take them plus the nine points. I would tell you to take the plus 285 from Michigan money line versus Ohio State. The game is at Michigan. I expect them to be able to win the game straight up. Book it. I think it's really Jim Harbaugh's first signature win, first win over Ohio State. And I haven't liked the way Ohio State's looked the last two weeks. They didn't look great versus Rutgers. They definitely didn't look good last week versus Penn State. And Penn State, as I've told you, is trash juice. So um, I think in reality, Michigan wins the game by three points. I'm going to say a game score of 24 to 21 or 28 to 24, somewhere in that range. Next. Clemson is giving 27 and a half points versus South Carolina, and the over/under is 50 and a half. Take Clemson and take the over. Look, Clemson has won their last four games by 45 points. Their last four games, they have scored over 50 points the last four straight weeks. So the game is at South Carolina, but I'm not sure if you guys are paying attention. Nobody from South Carolina is actually going to the games. The, the ticket prices right now are about 20 dollars for a ticket to get in uh that game they, they're saying that game is going to be more than 65 percent orange uh clemson will have a home game at william bryce stadium i think they show out show up coming off a bye week i expect them to win the game by at least 35 points 27 and a half is a key number anytime you can get under four touchdowns on that number take it now as quickly as you can and take the over 50 and a half points because clemson has scored over 50 points the last four straight weeks so if the 50 and a half points is the combined score I don't think they're going to hold South Carolina scoreless. Go ahead and take Clemson in those points. Um, book that. Last game. Uh, I, actually, I got two more. Uh, last two games. Take Alabama minus three points versus Auburn. The game is at Auburn. As much as I like Auburn's defense and Derrick Brown and their ability to be able to pressure the quarterback, and yes, Tua is not playing, Mac Jones is good enough to throw five-yard slants, and their receivers are good enough to take it 100 yards after he takes that slant. Look, their DBs are decent. Their 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 strength of their team is their front line uh, and their 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 front seven. But they can't guard four NFL first round pick receivers. You got Devontae Smith, who's the the worst one out of the group, who's projected to go first round. Jalen Waddle next year will likely be a top ten pick. You got uh, Jerry Judy, who's likely to be a top five pick. You got Henry Ruggs, who's likely to be a top ten pick. They will throw enough slant routes to be able to put up enough points. And as much as I tell you, Alabama's defense is trash juice. Bo Nix is the worst of trash juice. I'm not sure if you guys saw the game versus Georgia. They could have won the game if he could have just thrown, I don't know, maybe a four-yard pass to the running back on fourth down, maybe hit the wide-open receiver in the end zone with nobody around him. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you could just do that. They could have been great. Um, I expect Alabama to win the game by a minimum of touchdown, but if I only have to go up three points, take that to the bank, especially knowing that this is Alabama's last chance to make a statement to try to get into the college football playoffs, and I expect Georgia to lose to LSU in the SEC championship game. If that's the case and Alabama looks great versus Auburn, Alabama has a good chance of making the playoffs, so take the Alabama plus or minus the three points. Last game, take Minnesota plus two and a half points. I did not like the way Minnesota played defense last week, but I thought it was a game versus Northwestern, which I told you last week on the podcast, bet them minus 13 and a half points. They did cover that. I did not like the way they stopped the run, but I don't think Wisconsin is great. 
And Minnesota throws enough passes and enough slant routes where I think they can take advantage of a suspect defense in the secondary for Wisconsin. I think they have a really, they do a really good job of pressuring the quarterback. They do a great job of blitzing. I'm a big fan of Jim Leonard and his defensive strategy that he's brought to Wisconsin. But we saw Wisconsin get torched, get torched by Ohio State. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and take them to be able to cover the spread and to go ahead and win the game outright. But if I get two and a half points, I'm clearly taking Minnesota. Guys, enjoy your Thanksgiving. Um, I am going to be uh, eating as much turkey and stuffing, dressing. I'm not sure what you guys call it. I call the actual stuffing that you, I call it stuffing even though it's not put inside the turkey. I know that's not the correct thing. I call it the gravy dressing. I don't care what you guys call it. What I say is right. So go ahead and book that. Um, check us out on uh, all social media platforms, uh, Instagram at Amibros underscore podcast, uh, Twitter uh, at Amibros podcast, or Facebook.com forward slash the Amibros. Also, check us out on any place where you can get your podcast. That is on Podbean, on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Play, on YouTube, on Mars. I don't care. Your boy's about to get after it. Go Texans. Go Tigers. I'm out. <laughs>